What's up, everybody? Welcome to Caleb TV on Wrecked America. Today, we're going to be playing. Welcome to Wrecked America, where the bullshit don't fly and the truth is the only thing that'll set you free. I'm the professor, and the following demonstration is an education on life through the lens of art and culture. School is in session, and as your instructor, I'll assume the role of tour guide to this world of corruption and hypocrisy, but which still manages to give birth to happiness, hope, and inspiration. My goal is to show you the America your granddaddy never told you about. School is in session. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. I'd like to welcome you back. Today I'm also blessed to have my brother, Stephen Douglas III, noted community activist, to step in again with me since we had such a great, great uh, response last week from, from, from him being on the show. We decided to bring him back and see if we can't do it again, see if we can't capture lightning in a bottle. Uh, let me fire up this computer to see what hidden headlines are being buried by mainstream media. Abortion limits carry economic costs for women. All right, so as Republican-led states pass laws restricting abortion in hopes the Supreme Court will overturn Roe v. Wade, Supporters of abortion rights are pushing back. Thousands of women who have had abortions are taking to social media to share their experience. Many argue that they would have been worse off economically had they been forced to deliver a baby. I don't know what I would have, I don't know what I would do with a baby, says uh, Janine Myers, who was unmarried and unemployed when she got pregnant 36 years ago. I was horrified, she said, I had no job, I would, have, I would have been in no financial position to care for a kid. By the time she knew she was pregnant, Myers was already in her second trimester, too late for an abortion in Janesville, Wisconsin, where she lived. So she saved up her money for a trip to a specialty clinic in Madison, where a doctor terminated her pregnancy. I cried through the whole procedure, Myers, Myers recalled. I had, a, I had guilt probably for a year, but you know what? I don't regret it, because if I hadn't had the procedure when I was young, I would not be where I am today. So basically, it seems like what this article is saying is that the government shouldn't have the right to force this economic responsibility on a person's life, because that actually would change your life. I mean, can you imagine if you're 16 years old and you know, you're, you're thinking about graduating high school and going off to college and maybe you're an athlete and you want to play sports or do things like that. And uh, having a child at that age could, could derail all those plans. So is it fair that the, the government have the right to, to dictate the way, you know, that your life, to dictate the trajectory of your life like that? 
Um, I'd like to get my guest to kind of weigh in on this and see what he, how he feels uh, about this um, dilemma of the government having um, control over your destiny. What, what do you think about that? Well, let me, let me say three things about it. Um, number one, I, I support uh, uh, pro-choice. Pro I support a woman's right to choose her body. Um, and, and so that's, that's, you know, that's, and that's supposed to be, in terms of um, Roe v. Wade, that's supposed to be settled case law. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-choice, that's, that's number one. Uh, secondly, um, uh, I would go further and say that um, I'm a, a staunch uh, supporter of the right of self-determination. And, and when it comes to, you know, our quote-unquote rights, uh, I believe we only have the rights that we can defend ourselves. Uh, so the idea of, of putting, defining my rights according to government edict, I don't, I'd embrace that. You know, if, 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 it's, if it's, it's a woman's body, uh, then that woman has to do what she has to do because <laughs> it's her body. Right, and, right. And, and, and she, no matter what quote-unquote rights are granted or rescinded, uh, you have the right to self-determination and as long, you know, and, and no one can deny you the right to do what you feel you have to do. Now you may have to file, may have to face consequences for quote unquote breaking the law, but you're, you're, you know, we get confused laws and rights like, you know, like, you know, because a law is passed or law is changed that, that my individual's rights are as whimsical as laws being passed or rescinded. Right. Um, that's, that's the second thing. The, the, the third and final thing I say about it is where is this push? What is, what is, what is this, you know, the, the, you know the, in, in dealing with the issue, right. what, what isn't uh, focused on or, or, mm -hmm. or, or perhaps uh, analyzed uh, as it should rightfully be is the fact that um, we live in a time where we know that, you know, in, in the next 20 years, if not before, uh, the majority culture, uh, majority population will become the, become the minority population. Right. So uh, one way you, you stem the tide of, of, of quote unquote minorities or others or people of color, whatever, become the majority is, you know, uh, majority Bad culture, water. women, uh, have to stop having abortions, right. <laughs> so they, you know, so that the, their numbers do, don't don't decline or dwindle as fast, right. uh, and so there there there's there's more to this than meets the eye, but we don't ever talk about that right. and, and and how cultural change and 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 the numbers in terms of cultural population, how the how abortion is a, is is a fits into the whole discussion around right, right. Uh, of the, the, the demography of the country right. uh, and, and what that demography, demography looks like uh, going forward. So I, I'm, I'm saying I'd say I believe there's, you know, there's, there's something rotten under the table uh, as it relates to why, why this all of a sudden there's this push to roll, change Roe v. Wade, push and change uh, what, what is uh, considered to be settled case law around the whole issue of, of abortion. Right. That's my position. Oh, man, great point, great point. I, I mean, and I'm going to tell you something else about that is that when I go around and I look at uh, who's the 
Who are benefiting most from abortions? Well, it ain't our Latino population because we know they have large families usually and it's very common to have you know, more than two or three kids uh, in Latino. We see black families, you know, uh, in usually in, you know, in impoverished areas, uh, multiple kids. Um, it's in the white community that you see that they have very few children. And that's because there are more white women that are getting abortions than any other uh, race of women. They have the financial means to do so, to get these abortions. So it makes great sense of what you just said that this push uh, to, to, to stop abortion is less about preserving and, uh, all life and much more to do about preserving a race. Um, I, I'm, I'm firmly, I firmly believe that and I, I believe that uh, as, as this debate goes on, like it has in the past, um, we'll get pulled into it and it'll make it seem like this is something that is our fight, but it's really not our fight. This is not our, our battle to, to, to wage. Uh, it, it's, it's a much more nefarious um, underpinnings uh, to all this. But like I say, you know, what I always say about everything, stay tuned. Okay, because the, the truth will always come out, will always come to light eventually. Okay. All right. I have a poem that was sent in by Lisa Hill of Stafford. Uh, she sent in, she says Maya Angelou was a great inspiration to her and she finds strength in her poems and she'd like me to read one on the air. And I, I shall. She sent in Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in this very dirt, but still like dust I rise. You may, does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I have got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides, just like hope springs high, still I rise. Did you wanna see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but like air, still I rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I got diamonds? at the meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from the past that, up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously, into a daybreak 
that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that meant, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. All right. I hope that women all over this country rise up in, 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 in reject what is happening around this issue of abortion. Don't give up your rights to choose. Don't let someone else tell you what you have to do with your body. It is your choice. All right, uh, the next story that we have, Toronto police have been using facial recognition technology for more than a year, a tool that police say increases the speed and efficiency of criminal, criminal investigations and has led to an uh, arrest in major crimes, including homicides. But the emerging technology, which relies on artificial intelligence, has generated enough privacy and civil liberty concerns that the city of San Francisco, worried about police and state overreach, recently became the first city to ban the tool. Toronto police say that facial recognition technology is being used to compare images of potential suspects captured on public and private cameras to its internal database of approximately 1.5 million mugshots. The goal of purchasing the system was to identify suspects more efficiently and quickly, including violent offenders. It would also help police conclude major investigations with fewer resources and help tackle unsolved crimes. Funding for the system was provided through Provincial P Policing Modernization Grants. Okay. But critics, of the, but critics are wary of facial recognition technology for reasons including its potential to be misused by police or other government agencies as technological advancements outpace oversight. Now, that's my biggest problem with it. The oversight. How will it be used? Will it be weaponized against the weak? I'm all for police officers uh, having the necessary tools to solve crimes, but with no one, with, with, with no regulations on how they use it and when they use it and how far they can go with it, um, it can definitely be to our detriment. And I, when I say our, I mean the black community. I mean, we're, we're usually the, uh, the country's punching bag or the country's uh, easiest target, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, for everything from the water in Flint, Michigan, uh, to p police brutality, all the way to the educational system. It seems like we're always uh, the easiest victims of, of, uh, of a reckless government. What, what do you feel about this case? Well, I, th I, th I think that it, it bespeaks in um, the in your, the point you're making, the, uh, one of the concerns of Wrecked America uh, and, and, and the perspective of Wrecked America uh, that uh, things in terms of the use of technology and other mechanisms that uh, in and of themselves might be value neutral, mm -hmm. uh, but in the hands of people that are uh, 
have prejudices, biases, racism, right. a racist system, uh, a, 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 and power structure that has a history of, as you pointed out, uh, targeting certain ethnic groups, certain economic groups, certain types of people, certain class of people. Uh, these otherwise uh, neutral technological advances that clearly have some upside to them in, 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 in certain ways, but the deployment of them, the use of them in the hands of the wrong people, you know who's going to suffer. We are. You know it's going to be people of color. You know it's going to be you know uh, marginalized communities. You know that that uh, individuals will 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 take it and and abuse right. its 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 technological technological uh, uh, value and value proposition uh, for effective policing, which is which is which is which is a good thing. I mean, right, I mean, right. no one, no, no one is supporting crime. No one's pushing for crime. Definitely but, not. But, Definitely. but 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 the irony here is, you know, it's it's a two-edged sword, a double-edged sword, you know, because the, while you're trying to fight crime, uh, the misuse of it is criminal in and of itself. Right. right <laughs> so it's right. it's you know, uh, it's, and, 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 and the you know, anyway, go ahead. And what's going to happen the first time? When someone is being accused of a crime based on this technology, and this young, you know, man or woman or child or anyone says, "Well, that's not me. I was here. Or I, I was home with with my, with my family," and they say, "Well, we have your face on this uh, uh, facial uh, recognition technology," uh, that becomes a case now that are we going to let artificial intelligence predict someone's guilt? Because it doesn't take much to be convicted of a crime while being black walking down the street. Well, you, we're not gonna we're, gonna we're not gonna let that happen if our name is R. Kelly. All right, and on that note, we're gonna get back into our poetry moment. We have a, a poem sent in by Julie Thomas from Missouri City. Wow, another Langston Hughes. I see it's a lot of you out there that like Langston Hughes. You do know there are a few other poets other than Langston Hughes and Maya Angelou. I'm just gonna throw that out there for you. Okay, this is A Dream Deferred. You can uh, say it along with me if you've heard it before. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? All right, that was Langston Hughes' uh, Dream Deferred. I want to let you know really quick that we're going to be off next week. Uh, my boss's birthday, Esteban, he's going to take us all to Vegas. And I heard this in the break room back there, you know, and I'm hoping that it's true because I got a few hundred that I'm trying to put on black. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Now, we, when we do come back after that week layoff, we're going to have a brand new format. Okay, so and I and I'm, we're all been sworn to secrecy to not reveal what this new format is going to be, but I can promise you it's going to be awesome. So I want to see all you guys back uh, the week after this week here, and uh, we'll have something special for you. And we're going to leave you with the quote: "The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing." Walt Disney. 
Sorry, everybody, but that's where it has to end on Caleb's TV show from Racked America. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.